Hello, Restoration Church. I'm Pastor Mark. And I'm Pastor Ken. And we are so glad you are joining us as we continue the conversation. This past Sunday, you delivered the third message in our Sacred Invitation series. We looked at a couple stories from Mark chapters four and five, really incredible, Mm -hmm. incredible stories. You likened these stories to students being given the opportunity to apply what they had just learned in the classroom. Right. We pointed out at the beginning of Mark 4 that Jesus is teaching some parables. Um, Parable of the sower, parable of the lamp on the stand, parable of the mustard seed. And and the disciples then get get a chance to see these teachings applied in real life situations. Yeah, it's not like being in Algebra 2 in high school and thinking to yourself, when am I ever going to use this <laughs> stuff? <laughs> and, and while we laugh, there may be some people who, who struggle with when they sit down and, and read Scripture and they wonder, you know, how, how does this apply to my life? Right. And, and yet, if we're going to read it and not apply it, we've really missed the mark of what it means to be a disciple. Because a true disciple puts what they learn into practice. You know, it's an interesting note. Um, We we find in the verses right before the story of Jesus calming the storm, right after he's been teaching these parables, Jesus explained everything to the disciples when they were alone, it says. So, you know, some of the parables were confusing, perhaps, but, but not for the disciples because Jesus made it clear they didn't they didn't have an excuse. So the question for us is, what happens when we leave the classroom? When we think about about practicing our faith, it definitely occurs in in situations that that are tough. Uh, Faith doesn't always provide a way out of the storm, but we find ourselves having to to walk through those storms oftentimes in life. Uh, And you said those moments aren't enemies of our faith, mm-hmm. but they're actually essential to, to our faith. They are. How else does faith get formed? You know, um, I, but I want to make clear, we don't invite the darkness. We don't invite the storms into our lives. It's just a part of being alive. There's pain, there's brokenness, there's hardship. We all deal with them in this life. The question becomes, what perspective do we have in the midst of the dark places? Uh, and I'm reminded, too, that, that the reason that they were in this storm was because they were following Jesus. Yeah, sent by Jesus. You know, and sometimes that's that's our life. The disciples in the boat, though, were, were more focused on the wind. They were more focused on the waves. They were afraid. The townspeople in this, in, in the, the story of the of, of the demon-possessed man. They were focused on the lost pigs rather than the transformed life, and they were afraid. See, we all battle fears. And in those moments of temptation to give in to our fears, the perspective we have in those moments can make all the difference in practicing our faith. What's our perspective? It's good. There's another story we find in the Gospels that, that happens to have the disciples in a boat at night giving into their fears, right? Uh, Jesus sent them uh, ahead onto the water as he went to the mountainside to pray. Uh, Jesus comes in the night walking on the water and the disciples are afraid, right? They think it's, they think it's a ghost. 
And Jesus' response is, is, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. And Peter asked Jesus, <laughs> crazy, but Peter asked Jesus to command him to come. Jesus, if it's, if it's really you, tell me to come to you. And Jesus says, come, and Peter gets out of the boat. There were 11 other disciples, right, who stayed in the boat, not Peter. He starts walking on water, wow. living in faith. You know, I try to imagine what that would be. You know, can we imagine what that is? But here's the thing about faith. Every step we take towards Jesus is one step further away from the boat. That can be scary. You know, I... I... I don't know exactly what that looked like in that moment, but I wonder if Peter glimpsed behind him, you know, and recognized I'm further away than I thought maybe, maybe I was. And maybe that's part of the reason why Peter eventually finds himself, you know, falling into the water. Mm -hmm. I love that, that next word though, after we see Peter begin to lose himself in the water, it says immediately. Immediately, Jesus reaches down and picks Peter up. Jesus says, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Now, remember, Peter, Peter was the only one who got out of the boat. And in that moment, Peter's fears overcame him. But Jesus was there to remind him, I am right here. I know it's a little scary or maybe a lot scary, but I believe in you. You can do this with my help. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus picks he picks Peter back up, and the text says they they climbed back into the boat. I wonder if in that moment he picks Peter Peter up and takes him by the hand. I'm sure he helps him sort of sort of steady himself there on on the water. But then do they do they walk hand in hand? You know, back to the boat on water. Uh, it's just just a crazy thought. Peter put his faith into practice in that moment. Jesus says, come. Peter says, I'm all in. <laughs> and he gets out of that boat, right? And it didn't turn out exactly like Peter thought it would. But but what a story. He walked on water that day. And he found out when we are asked by God to put our faith into practice, God is right there, right there with us. Right. Going back to, to Mark 5, the second story that you, you kind of touched on this past Sunday, the disciples were on the boat. They were journeying to the other side, to the other side of the lake. The, the details in the healing of the demon-possessed man are simply amazing. It was such a great opportunity to remind his disciples what it looks like to make disciples of all nations, uh, what it looks like to take light into dark places. That's right, because this this was Gentile land. That's right. Uh, Jews at the time didn't have any business hanging out where they were headed, right? Um, and it was one person, but this one person, he was a doozy. <laughs> uh, I, I want to highlight something you said about this demon-possessed man. You said he had to choose freedom, the freedom that Jesus was offering. Mm. I don't think that had really crossed my mind. Uh, I've heard and, and read this story a number of times, but that thought that he had to he had to choose the freedom that Jesus was was offering him. I, I don't know that that had ever crossed my mind uh, with this story. God's power, we know, is stronger than any force of the enemy. Jesus proves that by conquering sin and death. 
we serve a God who desires that none should perish, but all will have eternal life. But it's our choice. God wants nothing more than to be in relationship with the prize of his creation, his treasured possession. But love, simply because it's love, it demands and requires a choice. He can't force us to love him. The demon-possessed man could have said, in those moments, he could have said, no, thank you. That's, that's a crazy thought. Um, but I think about there might be, Maybe even somebody listening to, to this podcast, people in our world who are, are resigned to the thought, you know, the cards that I have been dealt, it's just my lot. It's, it's what, that's what I have to carry. I just have these demons that I'll live with for the, for the rest of my life. It's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. And the beauty that we see in this story and throughout scripture, God's power is stronger. Amen. <laughs> he desires to set everyone free from those things that, that keep us in bondage. But we still have to give him that permission. Yes. And when we do, right, watch out. <laughs> when we let God completely take care of the sin in our life, the, the transformed life is a game changer. At the end of the story, the demon-possessed man Remember, he wants to get on the boat with Jesus. He wants to go back with Jesus. He, he wants to follow him wherever he is. I'm going to be there. And that makes sense. And, you know, some may hear the story and think, Jesus, you know, really, he'd be a great opener for you. <laughs> let him let him give his testimony. And then you just hit him with your teaching. You know, look, I can do for you what I did for him. Right. But that's not what Jesus does. He gives him instructions to follow. His instructions are to go, to put his faith into practice in this region of the Decapolis. Yeah, and we find just a, a few chapters later in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus actually returns to the Decapolis, or goes to the Decapolis, rather. And it's interesting what we find there when he arrives. Right. The, the Gospel has been spreading in the Decapolis, is what we find out. People are overwhelmed. They're amazed. When Jesus shows up, people are coming to Jesus, they know about Jesus. Well, how did that happen? It happened, <laughs> I think we're supposed to read here, it happened because of this man, Yeah. because he followed Jesus' instruction. It started with the faith of a man whose life had been transformed by Jesus, and he shared it with others. Put his faith into practice. It's good. So after Jesus heals the demon-possessed man, he leaves and, and he follows the instructions, does what Jesus asks him to do. The town folk uh, there are encouraging him to leave. They're not interested in him sticking around. Um, but Jesus shows up for just this one person. For Jesus, it was worth the trip to the, to the other side. Mm -hmm. Someone said these words to me after the message. Jesus went to the other side, not to show off his power, but his love. You know, it, it was a miraculous sign. You know, it, 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 it really would have been a blast to see, you know. Maybe not for the, the pig farmers. <laughs> All right. I guess not. <laughs> but maybe, but maybe the point of the story was more about this one life 
that mattered. He alone was worth all of the storms to get there. Yeah. He was worth it. It's, I love that Jesus went to the other side, maybe not to show off his power, but to show off his love. It's good. so good. It's good. And so we ask you again to consider who is on the other side for you. We're going to wrap up this episode with a prayer from the devotional that we've been sharing together uh, as a church family. Here's the prayer. Father, we seek to be genuine expressions of your love in our broken world. We confess that we often find ourselves judging, critiquing, or condemning others who live in ways that offend us. Teach us how we may live authentically before you, reflecting your holiness in our words and deeds, while we also bear your love toward all people. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening in. We would love for you to follow or subscribe if you haven't already so you can catch the next episode. We look forward to continuing the conversation with you.